Hello, Chris. Hello, Sharon. <laughs> Welcome to the Crowncast. Oh, thanks. Welcome to you, too. Why, thank Huh? Huh? Why, thank you. Why not? We are here for season one, episode four. Is that a question? Yeah, I have episode three written down. So It's episode four, honey. It is. I'll just make a note. Season one, episode four. Act of God. And the corresponding episode of Crowncast, season one, episode four, Clean Coal. <laughs> I like that. You're good at this. You should, write the, you should write the episode titles for TV shows. You should get a job doing that. You think so? I think so. <laughs> I mean, as long as you make as much or more money than you make now. That would be nice. As long as it's a continuous standard of living. <laughs> upset about this episode are you really i'll tell you why this was a great episode it was a very good episode there's no jewelry to speak of in this episode at what's her name all. Was totally wearing a two-stranded string of pearls <laughs> she wears pearls every day chris you get so excited about it the queen of england wears pearls every day she was wearing her little brooch just like right. it Daenerys was, did. Right. It was one of the one of the bow brooches. So lame. she has like three or four of those. They're all a little different. So 1952. It's so 1952. There were no tiaras. There were no dangly, sparkly earrings. There were no elbow length gloves. Well, now that we've taken all the joy out of this episode. <laughs> oh, just wait. Why don't we just continue on? <laughs> It was, however, exceedingly beautiful to be flying over England in a biplane. It was beautiful. I was thinking that they probably had a really good time filming that. It made me wish I was there. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Maybe not in a biplane. That might make me a little nervous. Do we sing now? Learning to fly. But ain't got wings. Tom Petty. Lived in Gainesville, you went, you went Tom Petty. <laughs> did go Tom Petty. I would have gone Pink Floyd or Foo Fighters had I known we were going to do that bit. How would, how would you go Pink Floyd on me? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and sing <laughs> oh, it. Oh, God damn it. Fine. Let's just talk about the show then, Chris. Welcome to the Crowncast. Hello, Chris. <laughs> but Townsend is really good at flying. You would think that he's out there doing that like every day or something. So we get some flying lessons at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then we also get a highly dramatic letter from the meteorological office going to the prime minister. The prime minister's office. And them saying no one will read it. We must send a warning. Cover our backs. Kenneth, it should probably come from you as chief scientist. Address it to the PM. You'll never read it, of course. But the important thing is, we sent it. Well, get it to Downing Street right away. They were right. Points for lady scientist, though. 
yeah. on top of the building. I really got a kick out of uh, every person in the, the link of that chain that had to take the graph that the the scientist made on the roof. Every man in the link of the chain after her. Okay, fine. Just saying. It was 1952. Right. I wasn't pointing out patriarchy. I was just pointing out bureaucracy, I guess. I don't think you have to point either out. I think both of them are pretty self-evident. Totally fair. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. So I, I broke one of my rules. Did in, you do some research? In the first couple of scenes, I did some research. That's exciting. I did some research, too. So I totally opened up my phone and asked Google to tell me what song was playing. Oh. Mozart's Requiem in D minor. This was the... The weather report was going up the chain? Correct. The dude, I don't know who this guy was. I don't know his name. I don't either. But he works for the prime minister. He saw it in the inbox. Right. Picked it up. Took it out to the pub for a pint and a smoke. Yes. And gave it to another guy. The opposition party. Oh, okay. I get that now. My first thought was, okay, so no one's going to read it because you're going to hijack it and take it out of the damn office. Right. But then when he made his case in front of the the opposition party leader, Mm -hmm. he made it very clear that Churchill's position on climate change is strict denial. Not climate change, but pollution, air pollution. Whichever. I'm sure he felt the same about climate change, but. Right. Today we're talking about air pollution. And he brought up the town of Denora, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Did you look that up? Oh, I did look that up. Um, Just four years earlier, before this, in 1948, over five days, pretty much the same thing happened. Smog, toxic smog got trapped under a warmer cloud of air, and it killed 20 people, and thousands of people got sick. 40% of the town got sick. Wow. From that, because it was a small town. There's a whole museum for it now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And they proclaimed to be the the beginning of the clean air reform, I guess Sound, is the word I want to use. Sounds like it. This place is not very far from us. It's an hour north of Morgantown. Oh, okay. Yeah, super wow. close to where I grew up, which is interesting. The kind of difference that I found, though, is that even though it was a big coal area, the smog in the London area was determined to be from coal usage in Donora. It was because of emissions from a local zinc plant. So slightly different. It was a big coal area, right? It was a big steel area, but they determined it was mostly from a, a zinc plant. Gotcha. I know that's a big steel area. So zinc might be part of the process of making steel. I know my dad worked in a manganese plant in Preston County, and that was used to make steel. Sure. So I don't know about the the zinc, though. Could be. Would make Could sense. Not. So then the next day, it is super smoggy outside in it London. super smoggy outside. Everybody wakes up, and they open their curtains, and they breathe in the morning air. And they choked to death. And they choked to death. 
I really like this is this is a great bit. Um, Queen Elizabeth has an appointment to keep. Ah, is the car ready? I'm afraid the visibility is too poor to drive, ma'am. It's what, 200 yards? It's been judged too hazardous, ma'am. I have an appointment to see my grandmother. I intend to keep that appointment. It's 200 yards away. <laughs> Why are you bothering to drive in the first place? Well, she walked across the street just fine. Yeah, so they decided to walk. With a entourage of cars and other people escorting her. And then um, the bit with Queen Mary right. was excellent because the nurse comes in and they have some banter. They decide who's a queen and who's the queen. Nurses and nuns have the same problem. We're all called sister. Sure you are. Well, she's outside. The queen. Then let her in. Sister. But then, of course, Queen Elizabeth is there, too. So they have to have a conversation. That was the royal babble conversation for this episode. It was. I didn't pay too much attention. I was just thinking, oh, okay, this is where they're talking about royal blah, 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 this and that. Yeah. And Queen Mary was explaining to Liz how she answers to God. She does not answer to the public. Sure. Gives all the ways that show this. She's crowned in an abbey. She's crowned by a priest that her role is ornamental, but it's not political. What I was getting from her was that she feels like it's more important than the government because it derived strictly from God. Sure. I can see how they would feel that way. So hence they're, they're kind of like the chosen family. Right. And now we get a peek into the life of Venetia, Winston's favorite newish secretary. Venetia. She's been there for a year and a half mm. or so. She is in, this actor is in the new Downton Abbey movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know who she plays, but she's in the new (laughs) Downton Abbey movie. And she was in Peaky Blinders as well, which I watched. I watched a season or two of that. I didn't recognize her from that, but I saw that she was there. And she goes home to her cold flat and her roommate encourages her to go out with her. But she stays in to read Winston's biography Autobiography. Autobiography. Up to that point, My Early Life is the name of it. (laughs) I don't know when he wrote that, but he was apparently pretty young. Right. And she is quite enamored with the young Winston. They talk about it in the next scene, actually. He's actually kind of embarrassed, but it's a really sweet scene. You're 24. All energy and hope and passion and fire. It's remarkable. You found something you like in that young man? I did. He was humanized for a few moments there. So this is where we get some really good character development. You know, the performances from these actors are just phenomenal. And this is why we keep coming back to the show, right? Because mm-hmm. we like the performances. We like the production value. Like, it's all put together really well. And you're right. That moment really does develop Churchill's character a lot because we see him as a very stern, sort of disciplined. Angry. And 
almost holier than thou kind of a leader. And one of the things I wrote down, this was actually in a later scene, but he sort of reminds me of sort of in a, in a distant sort of connection reminds me of when Rudy Giuliani was on the campaign trail, uh-huh. you know, before 2016, I guess every time he spoke, he spoke about 9-11. That's right. Every time Churchill speaks uh-huh. about something important, he brings up the fact that we won World War II. <laughs> he does. You're right. <laughs> Politicians, um, man. Right. Next day, still smoggy. Even more smoggy. Venetia's roommate is coughing harshly. And not the cool dragon kind of smog. <laughs> That's, is that spelled differently? Uh, it's pronounced smog. S-M-A-U. So it is a different G. kind of smog. It is. In the next scene, Winston is having his weekly 20-minute talk at Liz. He isn't concerned about the smog at this point. But Elizabeth is. He's not even bringing it up. And you can tell on Claire Foy's face that that's the only thing she wants to talk about. <laughs> right. And didn't she say that the pollution problem had been addressed by her father as well? And Winston had told him it is it's just weather. It'll pass. Yeah. She is said something, something to that effect. Like okay. that her father had made inroads towards okay. making change. Okay. Or at least supporting change. Right. But then apparently nothing had really come from it. The guy from the earlier scene had talked about a report that was given to the PM and the cabinet. Oh, that was right. Completely ignored. That they had brought up in in their meeting. Correct. And Churchill blew it off. Right. Right, right, right. Okay. So we're getting that pretty clearly from Churchill. He just mm-hmm. doesn't care about the weather. He doesn't. All he wants to talk about is Philip learning to fly. He's so angry about that. He was pretty angry about that. And then he walks away mumbling. Harumph. He's a mumbler. He's funny. Yeah. Next day, still not king yet. More smog. More smog. Smog, smog, and more smog. Venetia takes her roommate to the hospital. Yeah, her roommate's bad. Her roommate's in bad shape. Winston's staff, meanwhile, is trying to talk to him about the smog. And he's having none of that. He's having none of that. He just, again, just wants to talk about poor Philip learning to fly. I have to say, I was really triggered in this scene, too. It's so much like the current administration. I don't care about your stupid weather. Weather is not my fault. Right. So short-sighted. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to admit, I was kind of hoping that Churchill would say something like, I'm going to bring coal back. (laughs) Give it's you all your jobs. Beautiful, clean coal. <laughs> Huge. Sad. And at this point, Lord Salisbury, Robert of Salisbury. Oh, oh, Bobbity. Bobbity, that's what they're saying. Bobbity Salisbury. I'm going to write that down. The best name award for the day. He calls Uncle Dickie. Mount Blatton. Mount Batten. Mount Batten. Right. I always want to put an L in there and it doesn't go there. Um, but they don't quite say why yet. We're back at the hospital then. More illness, more chaos. The hospital needs money. They need staff. Venetia. So, yeah, she's hinting at the doctor, towards the doctor, that she can say something to the PM. Right. And he says, Oh, I see you're just going to walk into Downing Street and whisper in his ear. 
Yes, something like that. And she leaves kind of miffed because he was, because he blew her off, because the doctor blew her off and was kind of making fun of her. Right. And steps off the curb and, of course, can't see anything and gets hit by a bus, frankly. They were sort of. She gets hit by a bus. She got hit by a bus. She got splatted by the bus. They were sort of hinting at that the whole episode. And I hated seeing all the foreshadowing in hindsight. But it's sort of ironic that Venetia was blindsided by that bus. Wow. We finally got around to finally got around to bringing that train to Pun City, didn't we, Chris? I guess if that's what you want to call it. Like trains. And then we are back at the is it the labor party? I don't know. Um, I don't know what. I'm not very up on my British parties. I'm not either. He did say something about let's take it to the whips. Yeah, I don't know Um, what that means. I don't know if that's a party or if that's a. A type, a type of person or something. I have no idea. Okay. Wasn't it a party in early America? No, it was the Whigs. Oh, right. With an H. So close. And Clement decides to run for prime minister again. After a colleague reminds him that Winston calls him a sheep in sheep's clothing. That was great. Yeah. And that was Clement Attlee, who was... A former prime minister. He wasn't prime minister directly before Churchill, but sometime before Churchill. So then we're getting to the point in the show where people start to tell Queen Elizabeth what they think she should do. Yes. Which seems like it happens fairly regularly on this show. Yeah, I think it took it. I mean, it's taken them a couple episodes to get around to it. You know, in one scene, she's asking for advice. But in another scene, the Mountbatten guy is like, hey, you know, here's what you got to do. Right. And it seems to me like maybe this has happened to the other. It happened to King George, too. People were telling him what they think that he should do. That's why you surround yourself by smart people. Right. I just find it interesting. It seems like, I guess, not members of the public, but members of the government seem to have a a fair amount of access to the monarch to try to influence them. Well, most of them are relatives, so. Yeah, there's that. Just I, I found it interesting. In this That's case, all. anyway. Right. In this case, it's Philip's uncle. So. So he's asking for her to start a vote of no confidence, mm-hmm. which I don't really know how that works. And then he finally tells her that Winston is more concerned about Philip learning to fly. That same old thing. Yeah, and that's really what. Over and over again. That's really what changed her mind, it looked like. And Uncle Dickie asked her to summon Winston and tell him what's up. Things so, change. But the timing, the way they put this episode together, the queen mm-hmm. has decided to at least talk to the PM about stepping down because of the no confidence. She's been asked to talk to the PM about stepping down. Well, it's it, it seems like she has made a decision to go ahead and do that because she summons him to Buckingham Palace. Right. Right. Well, she did ask Tommy as well. Right. Yeah. So she's like gathering information and. And trying to make an informed decision. Right. So, yeah, I think she was. But then at the same time, Churchill has gone to hospital because Valencia died. What was her name? Venetia. Venetia died. And he's pretty upset about that. He liked her youthfulness and her exhilaration and 
And she liked him too. Right. They're, they're building all this tension and they're building all of this. Will they, won't they about the PM? Mm -hmm. Will they, won't they about the no confidence vote? And Churchill has gone to the hospital Mm -hmm. to see what's her name. Mm -hmm. And that's a very sweet moment. Yes. But then immediately turns that around into politicking and says to his, his boy, Hey, get the newspapers over here. Get somebody down here. Let's make this public. So then he sits down in somebody's office at the hospital. Right. And starts writing on scraps of paper. Yeah, He's writing on like a, a prescription, prescription sheet or something. Pad, yeah. And he writes his whole speech and he gives his whole speech yeah. in the hospital. I don't know if I would call that politicking. I feel like it truly changed his mind about the pollution being a problem. I, th- I think the word politicking insinuates that he's only doing it to get votes. He's only doing it to make people happy. I don't think he cares what people think of him. I don't think he cares if people f- are angry at what he's doing or what he's not doing. I disagree. Really? I I do. I mean, I believe I, I believe you and I agree with you that he at least the character in the show changed his mind in that moment. Right. But at the same time, he saw an opportunity for political gain. He saw writing on the wall. He had already been informed that he was being summoned to the Buckingham Palace. Okay. I kind of missed that. Oh, that's right. Because he said before the queen. Right. Okay. Yeah. He decided in that moment to make it a public thing Mm -hmm. to get some points. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it a bad thing that he wanted to to clean up the smog. Within. Well, that was in December, though. The. Their Clean Air Act is called the Clean Air Act of 1954. I thought it was 56. Oh, and this was 52. It's 54. Okay. It's either 54 the, or 56. Yeah. So it's a couple years later that the Clean Air Act goes into place. But it really did very quickly. And it, from what I read, it did change his mind. The U.S. didn't get our Clean Air Act until 19-fucking-70. So yeah. after the same number of people were killed in Pennsylvania... In a very right. small town in Pennsylvania. Right. Maybe if that same number of people had been in New York City, that would have made a difference. I don't know. But. Yeah. I'm sure you know how I feel about that. Oh, I could tell. Can you see the look on my face? I can hear the tone in your voice. <laughs> I'm good. So then, let's see. That was kind of it. Um, he gives a speech. And they do the thing where people sort of make pointed looks around themselves while Churchill is speaking. Right. Because they're realizing that the game is changing again. Oh, sure. We find out that when Churchill goes to the Buckingham Palace, Elizabeth had heard what he said mm-hmm. and saw it, they all saw it in the paper. Right. And then, of course, the smog clears. But I, as prime minister, am in a position to ease the suffering. <laughs> So she backs off of what she was going to say. Right. And then he backed off of what he was going to retort. So they ended up having this conversation about something else. But then what happens is nothing happens. It goes back to square one. Yeah. Much ado about nothing. Yeah. So really, in my mind, extremely well put together episode, highly dramatic, lots going on. Yeah. 
really enjoyable. Some good history. Sorry about the jewelry. I'll be okay. Maybe next time. There might be more jewelry next time. So what did you think? How did you feel about the episode? I liked it. I kind of feel like it was a throwaway episode. Really? Yeah. Gosh. Like, I think the the season can stand as a whole without that episode. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. I really like Venetia now. Won't see yeah. her again. She's gone, though. I I did not feel like this was a throwaway episode. I, I I think I felt like this was really a really strong episode. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing a lot of building up on the fact that the queen was new and didn't really know what to do with her job yet. You right. know, it seems like they were doing right. a lot of protocol stuff in the past couple of episodes. But this one, it was almost like, okay, this is how the world works. I'm the queen. Here's the PM. Now we have a situation that we have to deal with as a country. Watching watching the actors portray these characters, they felt very much like the real life characters rather than the show characters to me. Okay. So I I felt this was a very strong episode. And we got to see a lot of the push and the shove and the pull and the the back and forth. Yeah. Right. Philip's learning to fly. Yeah. But he ain't got wings. So then what was your favorite and or least favorite and that's favorite with an OU by the way thing about this episode? <laughs> oh. You surprised me with that question last week, and you've surprised me again. I'm I'm going to point the mic back at you. What is your favorite or least favorite part? Because you didn't talk about that last time. Um, well, my favorite scene, my favorite character in that scene was Queen Mary before Queen Elizabeth <laughs> gets there. That was my answer last week. I, I mean, she's great. She's so she's awesome. Not, she's not in the show a ton, but that <laughs> actor so, is just fantastic. It's the best lines. And they do that. And that little scene between her and the nurse about who's a queen and who's the queen. And who's the sister. Right. That was just really adorable. And I enjoyed it very much. Schroeder's is really tired of us podcasting, apparently. <laughs> I think he thinks we're talking to him. The other thing that I marked down as a favorite um, was the scene between Queen Elizabeth and Tommy. Tommy's an interesting character. We don't get a lot of him in this episode. Right. Um, and really, we haven't gotten a ton of him at all up till now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's very he's very sort of British proper. Mm-hmm. And I knew as soon as the Queen of England was asking him his opinion. Right. I knew his answer was going to be something to the effect of. Well, I can't tell you what to do because you're the queen, but But. (laughs) here's what I think about that. Right. And his answer was very much, um, it wasn't a redirect, but it also wasn't a direct answer. You know, it was, she's asking about what to do and he was talking about King George and protocol. The scene was very nice between the two of them Mm -hmm. and felt like added a lot of realism to that relationship oh, right. to those characters. Good. That's what I liked. No. No TRs. That's what I dislike. Mm. Maybe next week. Also fair. Okay. All right. Anything else? Are we done? Uh, I feel done. Okay. Good. At the end of the episode. <laughs> what? Time to sign off then, I it's guess. It's time to sign off then, I guess. God save the queen. God save the queen. Mwah. Totally TR time. The podcast where the stars are
God save the queen, Chris. God save the queen. Am I allowed to say your name after that? I guess. I don't know who Queen is. Chris that, is is that like a greeting or did I say something that hurt your ear? It may have shocked me. Oh. It might have Ouchie. also just pulled my ear here. So who knows? <laughs> well, don't put those up your nose. One or the other, I suppose. <laughs> and now is the segment on the Crowncast where we take the dog outside. <laughs> Bibbidi Bobbity Salisbury.